feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy with MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. Make sure you check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to, as well as with our partners at WQGRadio.com. And while you are searching us, rate us and review us and give us five stars. And if you deserve it, meh, just give us five anyway. Gift it. And so on today's episode of Unfair, we're going to dive deeply into some victories on the road by some highly rated teams. Does it mean anything? Pro days. I'm still trying to figure out why Justin Fields is dropping. Kyrie, we've got questions. I think Jimmy might have answers. And then there was a retirement out in Foxborough that was a lot bigger than we think. Make sure you hit us up on the fan line, 430-901-1906, and let us know what you think about the show. You may end up on a future episode. Tell us about our takes. Give us your opinions. We love a good set of strong opinions. That way, we can obliterate it and tell you about how you're wrong. I'm kidding. But no, hit us up on the fan line, 430-901-1906. Jam Master J, what's going on? Jimmy, what it do, baby? Well, we I, had a weekend. I did. I did. I'd like to. I like to report a crime. Uh-oh. Um, city of Charlotte. Uh, the perpetrator is uh by the name of Mikael Bridges, um, oh. who committed a crime against Clint Capella of the Atlanta Hawks. You may have heard of, of him. Jay, did you see what? I can't even call that getting dunked on. That was something else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I saw, I saw that. And I saw the Paul George one to go along with it. Did Paul, you check I that one out? Paul George one, no. Oh, see, I'm gonna have to show you this video. Who footage. was the Who was the victim? Uh, uh, Isaiah Stewart, young buck. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically initiated into the organization known as the NBA, okay. and reminded that you should never jump. Sometimes that yeah, you have to make business decisions, and that means don't jump. <laughs> Something we thought Clint Capella knew. Uh, we thought Clint Capella knew, but for some reason, Clint Capella decided that uh, he was going to be um, he was he was going to go against the grain mm-hmm. and try to be you know the man. And I I don't know what made him think to do that. Mm-hmm. It's almost self victimization. So between that, did you see the documentary on NBA TV about the '96 draft? I see that it's going around. I watch the portions of it, and then Bomani Jones is actually doing a series on YouTube uh-huh. about each player being drafted, I think, in the top, like, six or eight yeah. in there. It was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I didn't intend to watch that. It was a two-parter, two hours total, but it was it's one of the best NBA documentaries I've seen. I don't know if it's up there with the MJ doc that we just had, right. but it's, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you have so many great players, Hall of Famers, Kobe. I mean, you know all the names in the 96 draft. 
But it's excellent. So when you get a chance, Jay, make sure you check that out. There, there will be a lot to discuss in regards to that, especially having lived through that period. But it was great. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to let you go ahead and see this Paul George dunk. You want dunk. to? Yeah, you, you right, want right, to see it. Let me check it out. it's one of those. All right, now where's Isaiah Stewart? Is that who's guarding him? Uh, no, he's coming across in the middle. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. Oh. <laughs> he made an impulsive business decision. No, he made a decision before he knew it was a business decision at all. Yeah, and he learned a lesson that that was one of those that you don't do, which is <laughs> you jump when Paul George is going up. See, he didn't think Paul like George that. would do that. Paul George is not known for that. He can do it, but he's not known for yamming on people like that. He's man. yammed on numerous he's, people in his career. That but was, not disrespectfully, not like that. You sure? Yes. I can't think of one player that he's yammed on like that. Uh, we'll, we'll have to investigate. We'll to that, yeah. That's another one. But with that, Jimmy, won't you start us off okay. with this? So sticking with the NBA, like you said, a lot of interesting action, a lot of interesting storylines over the weekend with the NBA, uh, particularly in Brooklyn, where we had a beatdown in Brooklyn when the Los Angeles Lakers, minus their Damn. two best players, went into Brooklyn and destroyed the Nets to everyone's surprise, 126 to 101. Uh, yes, the Nets didn't have James Harden, but they had their other two stars in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Um, but it was it was something it was a game unlike we've seen the Lakers play this year, even when they had LeBron James and when they had Anthony Davis. So I I know that you got to watch a lot of this. I did as well. When something like this happens, such an unexpected victory, especially with a team like this, a defending champ who's had a rocky season because of injuries to the two best players. This has to mean something. So after you watch this. First of all, how did the Lakers, how were they able to go in there and do this against one of the best teams in the East, a team that many people have picked to win the soup, to win the uh, NBA Finals? That's a very good question, Jimmy. I'm glad that you asked me that. I so did. first and foremost, you said people were surprised. I wasn't. We had this discussion about the games that we thought that the Lakers were going to win and lose. Did you pick this game? And I picked the Lakers to win this game. No Not way. because I thought we'll pull the tapes. But you, not because wow, this game? not because wow. I just think that the Nets are inferior. I just feel like these are the type of games that the Nets lose. They lose those random games to teams that they should not lose to. Remember, the Cavaliers gave it to them when they were full strength mm. twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not an uncommon thing. And so there's no surprise here because they're without Anthony Davis. They're out, out LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So this team is kind of like just a, a, a smorgasbord of just randoms. Perfect example, uh, Andre Drummond just now is really getting his bearings with the team. So this is not that big of a surprise. So I'm going to say that first off. Secondly, your second question in regards to this, does this really mean anything? Nah, not really. Uh, I do think that it is a big deal that, they uh, did win without anybody, but at the same time, like I mentioned, they beat the the Cavaliers beat the Nets twice, and and like I said, Brooklyn have a tendency of losing the games that they shouldn't win. But this mm. is tell me this did tell me something. Taylor Horton Tucker, that dude's gonna get paid. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to pay him because coming out there, he he put up fourteen points and eleven assists, even though he shot like crap at four for sixteen, mm-hmm. and he was two for five from three. So they started him. Yes, he started. And he looked like he belonged there. He looked comfortable. Defensively, he looked like he was out there. Dennis Schroeder got deep into the skin of Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. to the point of getting themselves both ejected, which I'm kind of 
surprised that well, Dennis got ejected have too. Have the story why? Oh no, I know exactly why. Okay. I watched it. I I I I did I did the lip sync and I read <laughs> Shooter's lips uh-huh. and I saw exactly why Kyrie Irving got upset. We'll address that a little bit later. Okay. I don't think that's a that's a that's a place for it here, but I'd say in the third segment we will talk about it. Sure. Um but Schroeder getting into Kyrie's grill from jump, you saw the intensity. Like he was picking him up at like 94 feet. As soon as that he 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 put up the shot at the beginning of the game. Next thing you know, he pulled up his shorts. He's right there ready for him. <laughs> he's just right there in his grill. And Schroeder, he's got that maggot. That that gnat annoying. Mm-hmm. You get that more gnat like anno- annoying. That yeah, yeah. just gnat up in your, your mosquito buzzing, mm-hmm. just irritating type game. And that's not a bad thing. You need those players that can work up a guy and throw him out of his game in order to be successful. In which he did that with Kyrie. Basically, got him ejected. And at that point, the Lakers went on that big old run, <laughs> third quarter, thirty-one to nineteen, and just eight. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all the supporting cast kicked in. So Taylor Horton Tucker is going to get paid. Andre Drummond, welcome to L.A. Mm-hmm. You showed out at 20 and 11 with a double-double as well. And Schroeder is really showing his value. Mm-hmm. What did you get from this game? Well, it's, in terms of explaining why it happened this way, which was a surprise, I'll, I'll say to 99% of us. You were the, you're a 1%er on this. Um, 25% of it was a fluke because the Lakers from three shot 55% which is something they don't do. They're not a bad three-point shooting team, but they're, nobody's a 55% three-point shooting team. And they were 50% from the field, which that may be more closer to what they actually can do from game to game. But I think they even struggle with that as well. So that's 25% fluky. The other side of that is, I could tell, they were locked in from the tip. There was something about this game that created an edge in them. They really wanted it more than any other game I've seen. And the reason why this means something to them but doesn't mean anything to the Nets because to the Nets, like you said, it's just a random game. No big deal. We didn't have James Harden. They'll figure out a way to explain it away. Kevin Durant's on a minutes restriction. Kyrie got ejected in, what, the third quarter? Mm-hmm. Something like that. But for the Lakers, it shows you part of the formula to beat the Nets, and this is what you were talking about. That is that they can out-physical them at any point in the game that they want to, especially with Andre Drummond. So like you talked about, Schroeder oh. picking up Kyrie 94 feet, that's what that is. That makes a statement. That's physical, getting in the grill of the point guard from the jump. So that's what they proved to themselves, that if we get through the West and they get through the East, if we meet this team, we're going to have to turn it. We're going to grind them to dirt. We're going to get as physical with them as more physical than we were tonight. That's exactly what we can do to beat this team because Kyrie, with that, he'll crack. James Harden in the playoffs, he cracks. Kevin Durant. He don't crack. Yeah, he, he might don't crack, crack but his body he physically. Might crack. Yes. <laughs> physically, he's yeah. at that point right now, yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge, physically, he'll crack. Blake Griffin, physically, he'll crack. DeAndre Jordan, did De- I don't even know if he played in this game. I believe he, no. he did not play in this De- game. Coach's decision as yeah. well. But he's, he's an older player. So all they have to do if they meet this team is out-physical them, and that's what this game showed. And I will say this about the Lakers, too, because this, this may be the beginning of them figuring out how to play without Anthony Davis and LeBron, because you recall – this is the third version of this team. First version was when they had LeBron and Anthony Davis. They were the Lakers. Then you lose Anthony Davis. You do some losing. Then you start to figure out how to play without him. Then as you're doing that, LeBron James goes down. So now you lose some more games. But this may be the turning point in showing the team how they have to play and what lineups work in order to win without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So to me, if that's the case, 
that's not only the players, but that's a hell of a coaching job. I'll say that uh, that's one. I was going to actually give some pro- props to uh, Vogel for his coaching right. ability in this game. He's going against a rookie coach uh, and Steve Nash, uh-huh. who's still trying to you know get into the groove of managing a bunch of stars. Here's the thing that the Lakers did to me that jumps out the most as a as I look at this box score. Mm-hmm. You can't judge a game fully by the box score, True. but the box score does give you some components. I always use it as a tool, not the tool box. So here's the hammer. You ready? Mm-hmm. Their bench had three guys in double figures. Ben McLemore <laughs> dropped 17 points, six of 12 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3. Off the streets. Off the streets. This is the reason why this is the hammer. The Lakers went after players that were going to play the role and be components to the team. This is why their pickups are different than what other teams did in the buyout market. Everybody goes after stars in the buyout market. They go after who they feel like is going to help. Joe Johnson's mm-hmm. infamous for being picked up in the buyout market. Mm-hmm. You've seen this with plenty of players just going to try to chase that championship. The Lakers went after the guy that made the most sense for their system. Andre Drummond is everything they have ever needed at the big man role. Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis doesn't like playing the five. He's better at the five. He doesn't like playing the five. And it feels like he overcompensates when he goes to the five because he hates it so much. (laughs) Andre Drummond feels that need when it comes to the rebounding and the scoring in the paint. Mm-hmm. The way he bodied LaMarcus Aldridge and then told him that he was too small was everything <laughs> you needed to know about what this man is planning on doing moving forward. Right. Ben McLemore coming off the streets, putting up 17 and shooting 50% from, from the field and from three. Even while Montrez Harrell was four for 10. And and Taylor Horton Tucker struggled at four for 16. They had a whole bunch of players pick up the slack. And that's what you need to win a championship. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to go deep into your rotation if you have to. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to win the championship yet, right. but this does give them an edge that other teams, to me, do not have. Mm-hmm. They've got depth now. And if I think if they end up winning the championship, we'll look back on this game and on this moment because I look for this in team seasons uh, and even with individual yeah. players that divides time between before this and after this. So I I'm really you. curious to see if they're able to carry this forward because then after this, if they I think they play the Knicks next. Yep, tonight. Aren't a bad team. Okay, tonight. They're not a bad team. Oh, no, not at all. But if you go on another losing streak or you have a losing record over your next four to six games, I think this game may mean a little less than you want it to, but you want this to help propel you forward because, again, we talked about you want to stay out of that play-in game. Weird crap can happen. Weird crap happens in sports all the time. So, yep. I, you know, 90% chance you get through it, but still you never truly know. So they don't want to play in that. Um, but moving on from this, because if you like unexpected beatdowns, then we had another one last night in the NBA between the Celtics and the Nuggets. The Beat Celtics struggling all season long. People calling for the head of the coach, Brad Stevens. Uh, they go into Denver against the Nuggets, who are on an eight-game winning streak, and beat the brakes off of them 105-87 to under the strength of their two stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um the Nuggets were minus Jamal Murray, but that doesn't count because they've been winning without him. He's a good player, but they obviously can win without him with what they have with MVP front runner Nikola Jokic, or one of the front runners, we'll say, 
Um, the front the runner. front runner, he, Aaron Gordon. They're giving Michael him all the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so in this game, Jay, it, with what the Celtics have gone through this season, keeping that in mind, what did you see from this team in this game as far as what this game means or what it can mean for the Celtics now that they won like this against this team? Say that again. Given the struggles that the Celtics have right. had, winning a game like this in Denver against this type of a team that was truly ascending, what does this mean for the Celtics? Okay, I, simplify that question one more time. I, I, I want the people to understand the question that you're asking. Uh-huh. What does this mean for the Celtics? How can they use this? How can they use this? Will this, will this help them to transform will, their season? Will this grow them? Will they become, will they become Autobots right. and morph into something? El- no. and i i want him to repeat that three times on purpose no this does not mean that much to me for boston because the problem i've had with boston is their inconsistency Mm. they go out there and do this and then they will just vanish against another team not to take away from this victory because this was great they had no bench players and double figures that will not win them anything in the East mm-hmm. at all. Going against Philly, going against Brooklyn, players like that, that's not going to help them. They need they need guys to be able to step up on the bench. Tristan Thomas has been Thompson has been terrible this year. I don't know what happened to him when he went there. It just seems like he's just he doesn't fit in. He should retire and just be on the Kardashian show. I mean, there's a lot, more, lot more money probably there. Absolutely. Well, not not a lot more than what he's making now, but there's a lot of money there. It's probably not more than what he's making now because he has to make know. his own brand and all that. Does, beard, does he still have that contract? LeBron James got him in Cleveland. Is he? Is that no, still being paid? He's on a new contract. He's on a new contract. Who gave him a new contract? Boston Why? did. They signed him for what? To be Tristan. To come off the bench. He, he was supposed I mean, to start. I guess you got guys. In, okay. He's supposed to start. But he ended up losing his starting position to uh, Robert Williams. In all fairness, he is one of the bench players who scored, Tristan Thompson. He scored nine points. Yeah. I mean, he did okay. My point, <laughs> Boston needs more from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I did this video before. So check out our YouTube channel. You can you can see where I talk about this. I think it's time for Brad to go. I love Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, you need to evolve. And I think that this is the part where – He's hit his limit. This is it for him. Time to move on from our guy and move to something else. Now for the Nuggets, this is also sounding like a coaching problem. They didn't have. They had whoa seven nine eleven. Just say ten. They had fourteen points off the bench mm-hmm. in that entire game. Out of eighty-seven points, fourteen was off the bench. That's including Paul Millsap. Uh, wow that 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 that's not good. That's not good. And that's when I'm talking about coaching, a lot of people have been pointing out about uh, Mike Malone and his rotations and stuff, and they felt like Jokic shouldn't have been pulled out as long as he was. You can tell that he was experimenting with rotations and stuff, Mm -hmm. and that didn't help. Michael Porter Jr. struggled in this game. Aaron Gordon only put up five shots in 31 minutes. How do you only put up five shots in 31 minutes as a player like Aaron Gordon with, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Jamal Murray out of the game? Mm -hmm. You You can't have... Someone like Aaron Gordon, the way that he's supposed to contribute, not put up shots. And the crazy thing is, him only scoring five points, he still was a plus 10, a plus minus. So in the game, they outscored the team by 10 points while he played in his 31 minutes and still lost by 18 points. Well, I think this gives the Celtics a choice. 
this they're they're at a fork in the road of their identity, who they're going to be for the rest of the season, because they got to decide. Are we the team before this game who was 27 and 26 is inconsistent as any team in the league, as you pointed out, or are we the team that dominated the hottest team in basketball? Who are we? What are we going to become moving forward? I think that they're at that crossroads. And I like what you said about Brad Stevens in the sense of adjusting, being able to coach stars differently. And I have an idea of what he should do. It probably violates everything that he knows about basketball, Mm -hmm. but I've seen this work. I think that he needs to make Jason Tatum the point guard and because he did this for a stretch last season and he played extremely well in that spot. I think it was because Kimball Walker was hurt because we know he's got an injury history still to this day, to this day. And I don't know where that came from, bro. (laughs) Um, Wow. So I think, so it makes it makes it seem like you're talking about making changes like that, things that really go against his instincts and his what he has normally done as a coach. That makes sense. Mm. No, that makes sense. And I can see Tatum bringing the ball up and then them moving it around. Boston was always really good at ball movement at one point. At least it felt like to me as a, as a, as an outward observer of it, without going too granular into the the play running and all of that and mm. the rotations. I've always felt like they moved the ball well. And now it's getting more hero ballish, mainly because you got two stars mm. in Tatum and Brown. And then Kimball Walker just kind of facilitates the piece. And I think you're right. Kimba can play pretty good off the ball. Mm. And you can have Tatum bring it up, get people moving. That's where they're going to see the success. I think it's a funny thing about it going into Golden State and why Golden State was so successful is that they were always really good of just moving. Now, that was the part of their game, and that was what made it easier for Steph and Clay to get them shots up. But that's what made them a really good team. They were just really good at moving. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, really good at moving. If Boston can bring that component back, get out of the hero ball until you really need it, which is late in the games, Mm -hmm. they can be great. But at the same time, as defenders will tell you about those who had to hold Rip Hamilton years ago when he was in Detroit, it's exhausting chasing a guy around the court. I used to love watching that. But it's also exhausting for the guy running running basically those routes (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) He's out there being a wide receiver, but that's that's what you want. So I guess conditioning-wise, they probably should get better at doing that so that when the playoffs hit and they need to slow things down in the half court, they can do it. But at this point, I'm I'm all for them just making Tatum the point guard. Mm-hmm. Look for it. So let's hope they listen. Yeah, about that. Well, about <laughs> this too. On Mondays, we have to pop out with some news. And now Jimmy has the news. Ah, uh, thank you, Wendy. Okay, so Jay, it looks like Alex Rodriguez, former Ice. Major League Baseball star, is. Uh, Close to achieving his dream of owning a team, but not in Major League Baseball. Homolitis, Homolitis. reports, Alex Rodriguez, along with business partner Mark Lore, are finalizing a deal to acquire the Minnesota Timberwolves of the NBA from Glenn Taylor. As a part of this agreement, Jay, Glenn Taylor will maintain, I guess, the he'll still run the day-to-day operations for the next two seasons, and Rodriguez and Lore will take over in full in 2023. So with this, um, what is your theory in terms of how this is going to impact the Minnesota Timberwolves having someone like Alex Rodriguez as one of the majority owners? Uh, the team would be relocated by 2025. <laughs> to, to where? Where? Uh, Tampa Bay. 
<laughs> they'll be moved to Tampa. Look, Tampa's already hosting the Toronto Raptors. True. They're trying to get a team down there anyway. If he if he can if he, since he's ex, he's extracted this team from Glenn Taylor, there's a good chance they're going to find a way to relocate them. They couldn't find a local ownership, and that's a problem. I did not know that. That's that's interesting. I think though that whether he keeps the team there or not. One thing that it will do is it will make them more aggressive in free agency because you think about Alex Rodriguez having been a Yankee for as long as he was, and they were because they had a lot more money than other people, uh, but just in the nature of being a Yankee of George Steinbrenner's culture, you're always aggressive in free agency. And maybe that's one of the problems with this Minnesota team is that they, for some reason, don't aggressively attack free agency or can't get guys there. And they've got a core of players who could really do something. Maybe it's a coaching issue, but you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's absurdly talented. You have Anthony Edwards, the number one pick, who's pushing for rookie of the year. And you have D'Angelo Russell. So you've got some guys to build around, but can you be aggressive in free agency? Jimmy, that's the problem. No one wants to go to Minnesota. So but that might change with Alex Rodriguez. Why? He'll somehow he'll <laughs> right find a Rolls Royce. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, cool story. Former Ohio State Buckeye Heisman Trophy Buckeye and Tennessee Titan Eddie George has been named the head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers, uh, who is the HBCU, correct? Correct. Yeah, following in the footsteps of Deion Sanders. Of Deion Sanders. Deion Deion. So, with this, of what you know of Eddie George, do you think eventually he will get a Division One coaching job? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know. This is his first coaching job, period, if I'm correct. I don't think he has any yes. coaching experience at all. So yes. He's been more of a mentor to players, but not like this. Right. So I'm intrigued to see what it's going to look like with him coaching an actual team, running plays, recruiting, and all of that. Um, if he can make this school – if he can do good in the recruiting trail, I think he'll be high. You can something happen. I think so too. I always, you know, respected him. I think that he, you know, has had a lot of respect around the league. I've always seen him as a, a pretty smart player. He's he's had sort of this head coaching aura around him in the sense of his uh, his intelligence, his maturity, his ability to lead. He was always one of my favorite players. I right. think it was early Madden, one of those Maddens, yep. um, that he was my favorite running back to use because just the idea of a six foot three, two hundred and thirty pound running back was was so ridiculous. Rare. Yeah, so I've always been a fan of his. And lastly. Uh, the Masters Tournament in golf, professional golf, was this weekend, and Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters, becoming the first Japanese player to ever win a major, not just the Masters, but a major Period. in golf. Heard. Um, so did you see this, and how cool was it for you? I did. I watched the final round. I typically watch the final round of the Masters, watch yeah. it that Sunday, so I watched a good chunk of it, and uh, no, it, it, was, it was some good stuff. The, the Masters is probably the one – golf tournament that gets non-golfers into it. That people will sit down and actually watch it, yes. get into it, and actually enjoy themselves. It's, that's mm-hmm. the one event out of any golf tournament you will suck in fans that typically do not show up. And I think it's mainly because the Masters is just all about the money. They, they got so much bread. <laughs> it's crazy. A tradition like any other. Exactly. Um, and I really, with you know, a lot of the horrible things that have been going on but that have been directed towards the Asian and Asian American community. Mm-hmm. I really love this for them. Yes. That you have something like this in the midst of, you know, what they're going through and what definitely needs to change and so forth. So I really, that's what I thought of when he won it. I was rooting for him hard when he got to the top spot. I knew he had a chance to bring it home. Me so too. congratulations to the deputy. Is that it? It's news. And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. All right, Jimmy, that was solid, solid stuff yep. there. Thank That's you guys fun. for tuning in post-commercial. Also, make sure you hit us up on our uh, YouTube page. Check out the videos of our facial expressions and stuff as we go through all these conversations. Just uh, hit us up on um, our website or on any of our social medias. You'll see the link to our YouTube page. Just search on Fair Sports. But uh, anyway, uh, I, this is something I feel like is really unfair. And I'm going to start doing that more in the show. You'll start seeing a segment called Fair and Unfair. But this is super unfair. So there are four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks in the NFL draft that are really getting headlines right now. You have Trevor Lawrence, who is the number one draft pick, period. Zach Wilson, who seems to be the number two draft pick. Then you got three guys underneath there that are vying for a three, four, and five. Potentially, we could potentially have five straight quarterbacks drafted as teams are looking to trade out of their positions in Justin Fields, Trey Lance, as well as Mac Jones. And out of all these quarterbacks right now that we're seeing, I've seen a few things talked about it. It seems like only one player is being truly criticized. Like they've been placed under a microscope in comparison to the others. Mm -hmm. That's Justin Fields. And, of course, we jump into the stereotypes of the language that you typically hear, more so as we would call them dog whistles, around your black quarterbacks. Right. And it seems like a lot of them are starting to come out all of a sudden. Like, we haven't heard any of this stuff before. It's just randomly front office guys are feeling like this is relevant information. And ESPN's Dan Orlovsky a few couple weeks ago was talking about some things that he heard. Now, this is what Dan heard about and he repeated it. So I'm going to give him some credit, you know, some credit to this, that he didn't say any of this stuff that I'm about to repeat. This is what he heard. And he was just saying that this is what people were telling him. Mm-hmm. And so it was first off work ethic. Secondly, um, is he does he want to play? Um, and then the last one is gosh, I, I, my, my entire page just closed on all three of them that I had pulled up, <laughs> which is always awesome. But for the most part, it's does he want to play? He doesn't have good work ethic and something about his attitude and his intelligence and his intelligence has been questioned. His intelligence has been questioned, but we haven't seen this with any other quarterback. So far, really, in this realm. Now, Trey Lance, the biggest thing knock on him has been he doesn't have enough snaps. Right. Even though he played a whole season, you know, in 2019. Mm-hmm. In 2020, he only played one game. He didn't have enough snaps. Mac Jones didn't have that many more snaps than yep. him. But yep. that's where that's where the conversation is. So, Justin Fields is doing a second pro day. 
San Francisco and the New England Patriots are mm-hmm. going to be in attendance. They seem to be the only two that's going to show is, up. Which is weird. I don't think it's weird. We're going to talk about that. Okay. But, Jimmy, I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have one question for you to start. Why do you feel like Justin Fields is getting all of the criticism and very little of the praise? I think it's potentially because – there are many GMs and scouts who believe he could be the best quarterback to come out of this draft. So what they're trying to do is depress his value through releasing this critique. I heard someone say, or the word is they're doing that so that he continues to fall and maybe falls to them. I don't know any team specifically, but the individuals who release information like this to the sports media generally end up being GMs and scouts who work for teams So none of this is coming out of Ohio State. None of this is coming from the tape that we've seen. None of this is coming from him throwing for 385 yards with a broken rib when most quarterbacks at any level of football would have called it a night. No, it's not coming from any of that. It's coming for this reason because, like you said, we haven't heard this before about him. We're just now hearing this. If this were true, if this were truly a problem, we would have already known about it. It's not. So it ha- there is a reason, but it's not the reason everyone is thinking. I think that they're trying to depress his value. Hell, it could be San Francisco trying to do that. Because what if they think it's the Jets who really want him, and they want him as well. So maybe by doing this, this might get the Jets to move back off of him and get Zach Wilson. Or if the Jets do something crazy like trade out of that number two spot mm-hmm. to a team who does like what if they trade with Denver. And Denver loves Justin Fields and they get him. Maybe it's for something like that. So what if it's San Francisco depressing his value helping to further the smoke screen when he's the quarterback they really want. You know, that's the only way it makes sense to me. I can see that only, well, Denver is one I can't see. Um, Justin Fields isn't John Elway. He's not big enough. Even though he's 6'3", he needs to be like 6'5", 6'6", to feel like he's John Elway. John Elway wants a quarterback that looks like him. Elway doesn't know that none of this has has worked for him. (laughs) I mean, forget Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning doesn't count. Obviously. He he doesn't (laughs) realize this because this isn't his game. Uh, But, no, I found – like I said, my window closed and then I was reopened. So this is what he said. One, I've heard he's a last guy in, first guy out type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, not the maniac work ethic. I've even heard uh, it compared to Justin Herbert. Or it was like, dude, when Justin Herbert showed up, he was like a psychopath when it came to working and get ready for the draft. Or even at school, like, give me more. I want work nonstop. And I've heard that these are issues with Justin Fields' work ethic. So there's the work ethic piece and – you know, and all of that. Second thing, where's a desire to be a great quarterback? You know, a desire to be a big time athlete for what is expressed to me, but where he his desire to be a great quarterback and to be great, you got to be willing to find the things that you are not good at and just freaking grind on them. Mm-hmm. Questions, intelligence, questioning his work ethic, all of that. And like you said, none of this came out of Ohio State. This is all general manager talk in which now your theory makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense that a team would try to push his stock down to try to get more, get a chance to get him. Mm-hmm. Because like even Kirk Herbstreit, you know, he called out Dan Orlovsky with this one. Call him absolutely ridiculous. Even if you aren't saying it, to pass that along from people in the know is reckless and absurd and it's embarrassing. And he's right. At least throw out there, take this with a grain of salt. But at the same time, Arlovsky, you are a journalist at this point. You are an investigative reporter. Ask more freaking questions. And you apologize and kind of point that out. I should have gauged more or I should have asked more questions. Yes. Ask (laughs) why. Like, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. Because I promise you, if they would have given you an off-the-record statement of, well, to be honest, we're trying to get them, but we don't want nobody to know that, 
you probably would have phrased all of this a lot different in comparison to the way you did. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought behind it because you kind of want to help the team with that and not really put them out there. Right. But you know that the whole goal, if you know that their whole goal is to push down his stock value so that they can a team can draft him, I'm all for that. I'm not going to even <laughs> knock that. I am here for teams trying to get the player they want by deceiving others. Problem is, you're throwing out these racial stereotypes mm-hmm. is where the issue comes in as your way of pushing down someone's stock. Because it's literally all the same, I guess you could say, what, tropes that we hear from yep. everything else when it comes to a black quarterback. All of this stuff is always the thing. They, they're more so concerned about being an athlete. Not sure if they're the... They're the last guy in, first guy out type of guy. They're not a luncheon lunch pill type dude. Mm-hmm. They're, they, you know, all of that. They're can not they, Can they make the reads? Can they make the reads? All of that stuff always comes out when it when you're talking about a black quarterback, and it's annoying at this point. Mm-hmm. We've seen black quarterbacks dominate and have those abilities. We all quarterbacks that come in as rookies, guess what? Have some sort of a freaking deficiency. They yeah. all do. Every single one of them. So why not work better at focusing on what they can do and then talk about the things they can work on without truly insulting someone's intelligence. Cause I promise you there's things that Mac Jones is really good at. And this is going to segue into something else, Jimmy, who the hell really thinks San Francisco traded three first round draft picks to get Mac Jones at number three. Please explain that to me. Cause I'm going to say this. <laughs> he has come. This was, this was, and I'm going to give Bomani Jones a, a big props on this one because this made so much sense. Kyle Shanahan didn't go for a quarterback before he got Jimmy Garoppolo. And you know why, right? He thought he was getting Kirk Cousins. And if he thought that Kirk Cousins was his franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. he ain't no damn genius. <laughs> but Kyle Shanahan <laughs> is really good at his job. Right. So the fact that he drafted – Kirk Cousins in what, third, fourth round? Fourth was, round? He was a fourth rounder. He was fourth round? Fourth rounder when he was at Washington okay. after getting RG3. Right. Tells me everything that he liked Kirk Cousins as an option, but he ain't banking everything on him. And to be honest, a lot of people are trying to compare the Mac Joneses to the Kirk Cousins. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't. Mac Jones is a late first round pick. He is definitely an NFL quarterback. He is not a game changer. And the problem you're going to run into is twofold that your 49ers have already seen. Number one, if Kyle Shanahan is your quarterback, you're going to lose. Ask Sean McVay. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, you need a quarterback that can do his own thing in the playoffs. Hence, like I said, number one, Mm -hmm. if Kyle Shanahan is your quarterback, you got a problem. Kyle Shanahan? Yes. You said if he's the quarterback? Yes, if he's your quarterback. As no. in, he is telling the quarterback what to do, like, yeah, Sean, like, like Sean McVay did with Jared Goff. Well, you can't have your co- coach be your quarterback. He can't be playing Madden out there. That's my point. I think that a big part of, again, why you hear Mac Jones being the lock to San Francisco, that's a part of the plan. That's a part of the smoke screen I think they're putting out because they don't want people to know who they're truly coming after because you said it. When you essentially trade three first-round picks, you trade them to move up for a quarterback who can be transcendent. And the only ones who have transcendent qualities, honestly, are Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Right. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be there. We know that, et cetera. So you don't do that for that reason, first of all. Second of all, they were in on Deshaun Watson before all this legal, well, civil stuff started happening. Yep. Uh, which makes him untradeable now, they were in on him. So if he had an issue with that type of a quarterback, they wouldn't have been in on Deshaun Watson. And three, 
if Kyle Shanahan has a fraction of the intelligence we think that he has, he knows that when you take a quarterback like a Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo into a Super Bowl, that when your game plan has been figured out by the second half and they have no second move, they have no curveball, there's nothing else they can do, they have no extra dimension to their game, you're going to lose. Even if you're up 28-3, to you are going to lose the game. He yep. knows that. So he cannot <laughs> go into another Super Bowl with a team that can compete for one if they stay healthy with a quarterback like Mac Jones and obviously with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's just an older Mac Jones, who cannot move. Yep, yep. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this to you, all of our listeners that are – if you even just even just a casual or even the diehard, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's something you have to understand. I ain't the smartest man in the world. I, I'm, I'm, you know, y'all will say that to my face, and I have no problem with that because I will smile at you and say you're right. But there's something I do know. There are levels when it comes to playing in the in professional sports, uh-huh. and those levels have very razor thin margins in between them. There, there, there's there, they can be, but when you get to the one percenters, oh, the gap is massive especially at the quarterback position. Uh-huh. Quarterback can put up all kinds of numbers. Jimmy Garoppolo put up numbers. Kirk Cousins always put up numbers. Matt Ryan won MVP. There's numbers that can be put up, but the very razor thin things that you don't pay that much attention to as a casual sports fan is the difference maker between a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a non-Super Bowl winning quarterback between a starting quarterback in the NFL Mm -hmm. and a backup in the NFL. They're there. You got to see that. It's hard to see it with the untrained eye. I am starting to pick up on more of it. There's certain things that you have to understand, and this is the reason why Kirk Cousins is not a franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. No shade to – well, I mean, it's 100% shade to him, but he he puts up numbers, but there's a thing to it that tells you that he is not your future. Hence why San Francisco is looking to move away from Jimmy Garoppolo, who went to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Because a Super Bowl quarterback does not throw a pad, throw only nine passes in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Period. Exactly. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. So, Jay, let's switch back to the NBA. Hoop and dreams. everybody's favorite Brooklyn net, Kyrie Irving. So we're just going to sit and just talk about this, right? This is kind of one of those, we, we're going to really just talk about what the hell's going on with we, this we've situation. Got to, we've got to talk about Kyrie Irving, and let's try to be fair. Okay. Who's for the people? So as we record this show tonight, the Brooklyn Nets have a game against the T-Wolves. Yes. We talked about earlier. And he is out tonight due to personal reasons, personal matters, as has been reported. We don't know what it is, to be fair to him, but he's going to be out. And this will mark the third time that he has missed a game or missed a sequence of games if he misses more than this one game tonight due to personal matters. You know, earlier in the season, it was the had to more so do with social political matters. Mm -hmm. Then after that, it was more so due to family matters. Great show, by the way. And now it's personal matters. All right. So, again, we don't know much of what was going on with him. We can't talk about anything where it had to do with, you know, not just that, but beyond that, mental health, whatever it is. But what we can talk about and what we can question is what his team thinks about this, his teammates. 
Do you believe, Jay, that his team, because of his propensity to miss games like this, do you believe that the Nets can trust him to be there, to actually be there in the playoffs where it matters the most? Jimmy, I don't know. I'm I'm full transparency here. I've never been the biggest fan of the 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 Kyrie off the court guy. Now, I I love what he does, but I've all I've said this numerous times. I always feel like he tries to show you that he's the smartest man in the room instead of actually being the smartest man in the room. Like he's he's trying to make sure you understand his intelligence. And I know he's a smart dude. I know he reads. And I know he 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 is. I know he is. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. But. He projects so much of trying to be that guy. It that 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 was bothersome. Like when Kendrick Perkins was kind of talking about how he wanted to be who the who the reporters went to to ask questions about social uh, social uh, uh, situations or whatnot, mm-hmm. and he was tired of that. It was only LeBron that was getting those questions. I get that. You want to be more of a face of a franchise, and that's cool. But this is something that I will give to Kyrie. That man will use his PTO in a heartbeat. (laughs) He has no problem with saying, hey, man, I need a personal day. I need a mental health day. Mm -hmm. And he'll take those days off. And I can't be mad at him if the team's cool with it. When you put yourself in a circumstance where your value is a lot higher for a team than what they're paying you, Mm -hmm. and you have the ability of taking some time off here and there, I can't be mad at him for that. Now, this is the other thing behind that. Kyrie does have injury history. And him taking these sporadic personal days and whatever else he's taking, well, for whatever reason, personal reason he's taking it for, if this helps him stay healthy going into the playoffs, can't even knock it. Can't be mad. Because mm-hmm. at a certain point, he knows he's going to have to lock in. At least I hope he knows that. I hope he knows that that's why LeBron has his zero dark, 30, jokey situation mm-hmm. where he does no social media during the playoffs because he understands he has to be locked in. I don't know what the locked in version of Kyrie looks like. I actually don't even know what Kyrie looks like whenever he's not, when, when, when it comes to truly being engaged in social media. I mean, I see him put random stuff out there. But I'm curious to what that's going to look like. In the playoffs. So do I think that the team can rely on them? Yeah, I'm going to say yes for now. I haven't had a reason in the playoffs outside of his injury history to say mm-hmm. anything else. But I think so. You, you, you don't think the team – because based upon your facial expressions, I don't believe that you think the team can rely on them. No, because it's, the, it's part of the reason why you can't rely on anyone who's unpredictable, no matter who they are, whether it's a family member, coworker. Whoever it is, if they're unpredictable, if you don't have some general idea of what to expect from them from day to day, week to week, or in this case, game to game, you can't trust that person. Yeah, that's so a good point. if the Brooklyn Nets are smart, if Steve Nash is smart, what they're already doing, because this was part of the plan of getting James Harden, is having someone who can be there when he's not there, someone we can depend on. So right now on this team, as I look through the roster, the only point guards I see – are Tyler Johnson, who he, he's who? one of the ones, remember him from Miami, this was like four years ago. Who? He signed a four-year, $50 million deal. Nobody had ever heard of him before. Who? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Moe's. Uh, Moe's from the office. Yeah. Sure, yes, him. <laughs> so him or, uh, see, Spencer Dinwiddie's still been out with the knee. Um, or maybe you train Joe Harris to uh, dribble the basketball and oh, make yeah. good passes instead of just shoot the three ball. You got to have somebody who can be there because playoff time is harder. 
It's more intense. It's more taxing on your mental health, especially if well, the league's not going to do this as far as go to another bubble scenario for the playoffs. Nah, nah still, they're done with that. That's yeah, over. They're done with that. But still, the playoffs is the playoffs. So everything is ratcheted up. Playoffs. You know, three to four levels. So if he's going to crack under that, not physically, but if what's going on in his life is overwhelming him so much to where he can't focus on an even more intense working environment in the playoffs, then you cannot trust him. And what sucks about that is they know they have to have him there in order to – not only get through the East, but to stand a chance against the Los Angeles Clippers when they meet them in the finals. <laughs> I'm not moving off my pick. I don't care what Andre Drummond did. <laughs> okay, so let me yeah, – yeah, but, but you get my point, though. I get your point, and I'm actually more <laughs> concerned – this dude here. I'm more concerned about his mental state on the court than I am off the court. Why is that? You saw how he got ejected, right? Well, tell me about that. So him and Dennis Schroeder got into it. Um, it was kind of like, well, Kyrie was on him, hounding him on defense, and and he finally got – and they caught a foul on Kyrie. And Schroeder was like, dang, he said something. He looked at the ref, you know, you start calling something. And so they're walking back, and I guess Kyrie mouthed something, and he looked at him, and he's like, yo, what's good? My N-word, you know, something that, you know, black players typically embrace each other with. And right. Kyrie got lost it. He lost his ever-loving mind. Don't call me that. Don't use that word at me. Blah, blah, blah. I ain't that. Blah, 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 blah. He's going back and forth. And Shrew's sitting there just like, well, dude, what you tripping? What's, what's, what's wrong, man? Calm down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's kind of one of those you good bro type scenarios. Right. And then he puts out a tweet talking about it. Did you see the tweet that I Kyrie did. Irving put yeah, out? Yeah, thank you for the education. Yes, I did. <laughs> he basically educated everyone on this, which I actually heard that he's converted to Muslim. Now, I did hear that. I did not hear that. I did. I actually seen it because he's talking about uh, um, the, I'm sorry, the holiday. I'm not even going to even say it out loud because I feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. It's what Hakeem Olajuwon was practicing during the season uh, where Ramadan. he couldn't eat. Ramadan. There you go. Mm-hmm. He couldn't he couldn't eat, you know, between a certain hours. Right. He's prepping for that because Ramadan's coming up, if I'm correct. Okay. And so... He said the N-word is derogatory racial slur. It will never be a term of endearment, reclaimed, flipped. Never forget its foul and true story, uh, true history. Throw that N-word out the window right alongside all of those other racist words used to describe my people. We are not slaves or ends. And, of course, he got ratioed hardcore and he, everybody looked at him like, bro, what? Like, what's going on? Why are they looking like that? I mean, isn't, I mean, isn't this... A way in which isn't this something you would expect Kyrie Irving to to do or to deliver in this fashion or for this to have been a part of this type of incident? <laughs> yes, but this is this is this is the problem. Okay. He's basically now shown his cards. So oh, when you go into point. the playoffs, right, right. everybody's going to just run up on him like, hey, my nigga was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. They're going to start going at him with that stuff because they know it's going to just completely throw him out. It's going to piss him off. I he's going to feel disrespected. That. He's probably going to try to fight somebody over it. And sure enough, he's going to get himself ejected. Now, when it comes to reliability in that part, that's my concern. I'm more concerned mm-hmm. on the court because that's what everybody uses. They use the mental games to beat you in the playoffs. Correct. That's exactly what he opened the door up for. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I get your sentiment with this, Kyrie. I ain't mad at it. Even if sentiment's not the word for it, I'm going to use it right now. I'm with you, Kyrie. I understand what you're trying to say. It, you ain't going to win that battle, so I, I don't even know why you're even trying because mm-hmm. ain't no everybody else that do ri- ride with it hardcore 
ain't gonna give it to you mm-hmm. uh, in that aspect. But you just opened up Pandora's box to everything that bothers you from your personal situation, and then just that word itself. You you, you just made it easy for the defense to defend you, and that's mm-hmm. not a good thing for your team. Now the question is: Is this team better with Al Kyrie? There could be an argument towards that. Oh man, uh, I. Would you happen to have the record without Kyrie this season? I do not have it up front, but I can search for it while it's, you kind of think about it. I can't say that they're better. They know. I mean, with someone with his ability on the court, there is no way that any team is better by being without him. You, Without him, you may know what to expect from everyone else who's left around you. Um, it doesn't mean that they can't be effective because even without him, the Brooklyn Nets still would have James Harden and Kevin Durant, which is at least if they're both healthy, good enough to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion, even though you don't believe that even with Kyrie Irving, they're going to make it to the Conference Finals, which I'm, I'm so happy that you took that bet. I cannot believe I got you to take that bet. You but, think that right. you that you just that you bamboozled, <laughs> hoodwinked me, and I've been led astray. But once this bet comes to fruition, yeah, we'll see who has the last laugh. We but will. the Brooklyn Nets are nine and six without Kyrie Irving okay. this season, so they're not bad. Right, um, they're shooting decent percentages. You know, thirty eight percent from three, forty seven percent from the field, twenty four to fourteen uh, assist turnover ratio. Points per game, 114. This is all without him? This is all without okay. him. So they're, they're still pretty good enough without him. But Thank you, StatMuse.com, yeah. for providing that statistic. That's the one thing you got to remember, that uh, this team is not that mm-hmm. bad without but him. They, they can't trust him. They cannot trust him. There's nothing that he's done this season that would help them to trust him. So they got to look for alternatives. They got to, again, they need to start grooming somebody right now to be able to fulfill his function on this team if he's not there as best as they possibly can yeah and so the nets are um they're nine and ten without james harden right there's your guy that 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 t- if you want me to know it's more impactful <laughs> their percentages drop a little bit well they're about they're up 39 percent from three 88 percent from the field i mean they spent most of the season without james harden it makes sense but they're nine and ten and that Well, in short, good luck, Brooklyn. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) You will need it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As I like to say, wrap it up, put a bow on it. It's going to be a little bit extended show, so please enjoy. Hit up our YouTube page. Said that numerous times. Got to hit up us up on the new YouTubes. Um, just search on YouTube unfair sports. You'll see our logo as well as one of our faces. So just jump on there. You can see our facial expressions. We break up the show in, in a chop it up into multiple parts. That way you can see different segments and truly enjoy yourself. All right. We had an announcement today, Jimmy. Oh, breaking news. I need to put the breaking news, uh, sound on here eventually. So I have it. <laughs> 
That was terrible, but that was, <clears> yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate you calling it awesome because I thought yeah. it was awful. Uh, no, it was. It was awesome. If it was off, awfully awesome. Awfully awesome. Oh, it would be awesome if it wasn't awesome. awful. Okay, I got you. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the New England Patriots have just released wide receiver Julian Edelman, one of their longest running wide receivers on their roster. He's released because of a failed physical, and he announced via the social medias that he has retired. So Julian Edelman has spent his entire career in uh, New England. And now it's begging the question. I mean, he had a, I mean, he had a solid career. We're not going to pretend like he didn't. He did play. He's played in what? 130 something games. He put, he spent how many seasons is that? Um, he started. He got drafted in 09. Uh-huh. So he spent what eleven years with the Patriots. He his statistics are ridiculous. And Albert Bird tweeted this out, which is uh, very interesting. This is what's going to lead to our entire conversation. Albert Breer states, "Oh, from the Monday Morning Quarterback." If you want to know what Julian Edelman's legacy is in New England, ignore the regular season and look into playoff numbers. 118 receptions, 1,400 yards, five touchdowns, five Super Bowls, three championships, Super Bowl 53 MVP, and the time he bounced up from a Chancellor hit. So it has sparked the debate again, Jimmy. I ask you the question, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Uh, No. Ooh, Julian man, Edelman is, is not a Hall of Famer, and here's the reason why. As you just discussed, that he was released and his retirement had been announced. I look on ESPN.com, and that story, which you're just talking about, was the fourth story in the top headlines. Really the fifth, because there's a main story with a picture, and then it's the other stories underneath that, seven or eight of them. His was number four. So to me, that's an example of why why he's not a Hall of Famer, because... You can't separate playoffs from regular season or vice versa when evaluating a Hall of Fame candidate with championships outside of quarterback. I mean, that is what it is. So, yes, three championships, clutch in the playoffs, tough, hard-nosed player, greatest quarterback of all time, absolutely loved him. We understand all that. But regular season-wise, when you talk about, like, the Hall of Fame receivers who have gone before him, they were all super productive. I mean, just incredibly productive in the regular season. And this is not to say that he wasn't because he had two 100-yard catch seasons, which is great. I mean, a lot of it, you know, five, six-yard hitches underneath stuff. But I can't separate the regular season from his career because how could you do that in this entirety? He didn't just come into the league and start playing games in the playoffs. They didn't just sit him on the bench until the playoffs started. No, he played in the regular season. So to me, his regular season stats over his 12-year career, 36 career touchdowns, which is an average of four per season, uh, 620 catches, 6,822 yards. Those aren't Hall of Fame stats. So even though he was clutch in the playoffs, probably one of the, I would say one of the best playoff wide receivers, if that's all the Hall of Fame were based on, absolutely. But yep. it's not. So that doesn't take into account his whole body of work. So no, he's not a Hall of Famer, but Already starting this discussion, I can see that the NFL sports media probably want him, wants him to be one. So if they want him to be one, he will be one. But to me, he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm trying to figure out how he can become a Hall of Famer and not being one of the top five wide receivers in the league while he was playing. Exactly. That's typically one of 
that's one of the things that's required. Like we have no Pro Bowls, we have um, no first team All Pros or second or it looks like even thirds. He was never the best wide receiver in the league. Now Julian Edelman was clutch in the playoffs. He got to the playoffs because of his quarterback by the name of Tom Brady. Uh huh. And a very good team, which I feel like is a team accomplishment. But he did step up when they needed him. But this was something that was interesting to me. Those catches and yards sound great. Cat on the Twitters, uh, Kit Talk Sports, at Kit Talks Sports. He said, let's defang this one here. Because the argument is he's one of the best playoff wide receivers of all time. That's the argument for Junior Edelman as far as being a Hall of Famer. This Mm. is the the reply, let's defang this one too. Five touchdowns in 19 playoff games. Five and 19. Or half as many as Antonio Freeman got in three fewer playoff games. Or the same amount as Dante Lavelli got in seven fewer postseason games uh-huh. in the 1950s. <laughs> Here's the deal. My man was very clutch in the mid-range. He did a... The best part about what Julian Edelman did is he went from being a quarterback at Kent State in college to becoming a wide receiver in the NFL and lasting 11 years. Uh-huh. That's the best part about Julian Edelman. He was able to to be converted because he was undersized quarterback and he didn't have all the 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 abilities to go out there and be a dominant quarterback. Mm-hmm. He took that with in stride and became a really good wide receiver. I'd say he can be in the hall of really good Maybe in the Hall of Very Good. But there's nothing about the numbers he put up, even with a quarterback like Tom Brady, that puts him into the Hall of Fame. He had three seasons over 1,000 yards, one that was 30 yards away from being at Mm 1,000, 200 catch seasons, one of them that was two away from an additional 100, zero double-digit touchdown seasons. Right, right. There's nothing transcendent about that. There's nothing that when you look at the pantheon of great wide receivers, right. his name's not going to come up. His name is going to come up in the pantheon of great playoff performers, of great playoff performances. Yes, or, or part of teams that performed greatly in the playoffs. Right. That's where he belongs. And, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm not trying to shade Julian Elman. I'm just putting actual perspective. I mentioned this in the segment, one of the first two segments when we talked about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. This is what I need y'all to understand. Razor thin margins for certain players. One percent, massive gaps. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the top one percent players in the league. And you see, Jay, what's bad about all this is, you know, he's getting all all this talk about Hall of Hall of Fame retirement, all this love and such. He's not going to retire. He's retired now. <laughs> he's retired, but he's not going to retire. So because wait, 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 wait. You, you you think that he just lied to us he did. in his he social lied. media posts? We, we all know where this is going. What's going to happen? Because I think it's his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is his shoulder is going to heal. He's going to call Tom Brady. and No, Tom Brady's going to call him and ask him if he's ready. You healthy? Yes. And Tom Brady's going to get ready? him on that you're team. Ready? He's going to come out of retirement to get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Florida, oh, be back God. with his boys, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, have very little responsibility in terms of being what, the fourth best wide receiver fifth. on a Super Bowl team, fifth best wide receiver on a Super Bowl team. And he's going to ride his way probably to competing for another Super Bowl. That's exactly what he's going to do. So we have not seen the last of Julian Edelman. I can give you that. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see 
I can see Julian making the decision that he wants to go ahead and continue to play because he was released and he was released because of injury, he failed his physical, and right. he's and he body wise kind of like Gronk. He may he may take the season off and then come right, back yeah, next yeah. year if Tom decides exactly. to play next year. It may be that. And if exactly. Tom next year picks up the phone and says, "Hey man, totally use you down right. here on the beach," right? Gronk isn't playing a whole bunch and he's looking healthier than ever. He'll he'll take Enjoy that us. year off. He'll use more of the TB12 method, just like Gronk. He'll feel better than he's felt in a decade, and he'll be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer because Tom Brady's still going to be there next season after this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to ever lose Tom Brady. Right. But no matter what he does, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. If this were the NBA bas- this were the basketball Hall of Fame, excuse me, he would go. Yeah, because that would include college, which I'm not sure what its collegiate statistics look like. Just, I need to go back and in dig period. into. I've well, got, yeah, I've got issues with the basketball Hall of well, Fame. Well, the basketball Hall of Fame is is uh is, is a combination of college and NBA. No, so it's not because of that. It's just because it definitely is the Hall of really good or the Hall of we really like you. Or you did really good in college and you just didn't have the great NBA career. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it encompasses both. So there's a bigger <laughs> there's a bigger parameters to go around when it comes to that whereas with the nfl which this is the other thing about the nfl hall of fame is it takes a lot to get in everyone is arguing about another one like matt ryan saying he's going to get into hall of fame i don't (laughs) get how he he makes it he had four uh 10 straight four thousand yard seasons so he's going to get in unfortunately matt ryan is going to get into the hall of fame i'm trying to figure out how like who was he better than in those years you gotta remember this is the other thing too when it comes to the nfl hall of fame there's usually a list of people that's it's going in that right. that's potentially going in and there's a good backlog of people that probably should be in that they're still backlogging hell terrell owens was on a backlog <laughs> because of how hateful they were towards him mm-hmm. can you out can you imagine these that? people can you imagine you know because a lot of the sports media hated him but can you imagine him not getting out, not being a first ballot Hall of Famer when everyone knows he should have been, and Julian Edelman getting into the Hall of Fame. Like, can you imagine that? That he gets the level of positivity you would see from NFL players. I mean, I mean, Julian Edelman's liked by people, by my understandings, right. but the level of positivity people would show because he got in that easily. Mm-hmm. Or just got in, period. Yeah, yeah, we got in, period. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest problem. So that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Editing room floor, Jimmy. Go ahead and order your Edelman Bucks jersey. Shut up the front. Our right. editing room floor. All right. So uh, I don't know if we talked about this much, but the Falcons, who sit at the number four pick, have expressed that they are open to trading that particular pick. So Jay, if you're the Falcons sitting there at four, would you lean more towards trading that pick? Because I mean, it would just be draft capital in exchange. We know that to move down, or would you make the move and get Kyle Pitts? the who people believe could be the greatest tight end ever what would you do if i'm atlanta i'd be putting together a contingency plan for when matt ryan is going because it's about that time to start moving away julio jones is in his 11th year and we just saw julian elliman retire right now julian elliman has dealt with more injuries than julio but julio's at his 11th season he's getting to that point it's about time to start moving forward as well so they're in a conundrum in this situation Uh unless they can guarantee they can get kyle pitts and a quarterback like either Trey Lance or Justin, local hero Justin Fields. So you think that should go quarterback? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get you a quarterback. Let him sit for a couple years underneath Matt Ryan and then move on from Matt Ryan. Because mm-hmm. his contract's up in about two years, if I'm correct. Yeah. It's time to go ahead and start looking at that. Okay. 
I think they're going to stay, and I think they are going to draft Kyle Pitts because they're going to convince themselves that That's Matt Ryan, that Matt Ryan still has four Pitts. good seasons left in him, especially when you're in a league of quarterbacks like Breeze and Brady who are playing into their 40s. So they're going to get Kyle Pitts and say, we got Kyle Pitts. Uh, we got our 4,000-yard quarterback, and we, of course, have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley who will one day replace Julio Jones if he really hasn't already as a number one receiver on our team. We're going to put up points, and we're still going to be the Falcons. Next... Uh, rookie number two pick James Wiseman for the Golden State Warriors over the weekend uh, suffered a torn meniscus injury broke my heart is yeah, is expected to miss the rest of the season do you think in light of this uh, and ironically given that LaMelo Ball is hurt too do you think that there's any regret in the Golden State organization that they drafted James Wiseman instead of LaMelo Ball no no this gives them he still he still has a lot of potential uh, a lot of growth and you've seen him grow and learn on this roster um and he's around a whole bunch of great players i think he'd be fine yeah i think they regret it why because they're thinking now okay if we had Lamelo, let's say we had Lamelo ball because you know they love the reason why draymond's been the point forward is because they love steph and clay just running around like you said coming off screens etc so they said okay what if, if we had Lamelo ball then we still have our draymond but we would have I mean, that level of a playmaker with steph curry and Clay Thompson, especially given that James Wiseman is more of a traditional center when we're the ones who changed basketball and eliminated the need for his position. Now we have a guy that we eliminated. So I think if they look at it that way, they believe LaMelo Ball is the one they should have taken. Well, the problem with LaMelo Ball is LaMelo Ball is not a mover like them. He'd be another Draymond point guard. And at that point, then Draymond's just standing in the corner doing nothing. He's not a threat <laughs> at three anymore. That's a good point. So, no, I don't think so. I think that Wiseman forces teams to actually – Keep somebody in the paint, and then Draymond can run the point. Because I mean, you got to remember, Clay and Steph are running around the outside. We're They're perimeter guys. We might have to pick this up, the dynamics of what the Golden State Warriors team could have been. Okay. That's, that's interesting. That's a good one. All right, what else? All right, all right. So lastly, mm, um, Minnesota. All games in Minnesota tonight have been canceled. Uh, Twins, T-Wolves, in the wild. They postponed games in the wake of the police shooting of another unarmed African-American male, Minnesota, uh, by the name of Dante Wright. Uh, so this came down not too long ago um, out of respect for the tragic events that happened yesterday in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Um, do you think that in light of this and what the NBA had already done between this season and last season, but more so last season, do you think... What kind of response do you think the NBA, the front office, and just the NBA community is going to have to another tragic event, unnecessary event like this happening again in the black community? Well, I mean, as they're doing now, they're postponing games. Everybody's sitting back and reflecting. They, right. They're going to have, they're going to talk about it, especially in that town, in 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 that state, mm-hmm. that city. They're they're really going to really talk through this because, I mean, it's it's, it's another unfortunate thing. Um, I have no words for it because I. I don't know what else to say. Right. Like, if, if you don't want to see it, you're not going to see it. So I'm not even going to try to change anybody's mind. I've, I've gotten past that in my life. Right. Um, I've gotten past the uh, disingenuous conversations or arguments or debates with people. I don't want to hear devil's advocate conversations because the devil doesn't need an advocate. Um, and and just, just for you guys to understand, the devil does not need an advocate in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's sad. It's unfortunate. We just need to do some. We just we need some reform. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. I don't know. Is it? Yep. All right. Well, well, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on Unfair. Please, while you're out there, make sure you uh, share because sharing is caring, as well as give us a review. Rate it. 
review it and give us those five stars and if you don't think we deserve it stop lying to yourself and just give it to us anyway gift it <laughs> so with that mike bob and wendy thank you so much for doing your thing as usual i'm a co-host jimmy um Make sure you hit us up on the fan line, 430-901-1906. You'll end up on the show. We need more strong opinions, and we love some good, strong opinions. So with that, we'll chop it up with you in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.